This podcast is not safe for work and will feature movie spoilers. It will feature scenes described of a graphic nature. It will contain language which most listeners may find offensive. Welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. everyone and welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. This is episode 380. I'm your host Duncan McLeish. Welcome to the show. Up on this episode we're kicking off a brand new week of summer series content coming your way. We've just tripped over that halfway mark so we're on the back five and this is the fives. This Monday episode will see us do 1975. Now on the fives, my mystery four from the very first week of summer series, the Zeros are back, but in a different order. So joining me on this episode, you're going to find out after the first break, but we've got two movies in the foray here, with one space left to represent the movies for 1975. All that coming up after the first break. Now this is an episode that is kicking off a week of seven episodes. So we're coming off a week of seven episodes, rolling into a week of seven episodes. Things being shuffled around a little bit because it's a special week for podcasts under the stairs. So let me break it down for you. Your summer series episodes will be dropping today with 1975, tomorrow with 1985, on Friday with 1995, on Saturday with 2005. Your Wednesday episode this week is not a summer series episode. No, no, no. It is our ninth anniversary podcast. Nine years in the biz with podcasts under the stairs. And you guys selected what we're doing on this episode and who's going to be guesting on it. So I'm going to be interviewed and that interview is going to be conducted by none other than my wife. That's what you guys wanted in the Facebook page. So that's what we're giving you and it's dropping on Wednesday. We recorded it on Saturday we had a few drinks, um, and yeah, the questions were not what I expected, and hopefully you enjoy the absolutely weird places that the conversation goes. So that's coming Wednesday. On Thursday, we'll be announcing who our final director is for the last four months of the year for Movie Club. So I'll be letting you know who that is, and what your first assignment is. Then on Sunday, the other day that doesn't have a summer series episode, we're doing another Arrow video assortment. On the Teapots Collective, you have a brand new episode of Where to Begin With to Get Your Teeth Into. It dropped today. You also have a brand new episode of Chronicle coming on Sunday. It's looking at Scram, the Buttergeist movie, um, the director most famous for doing Necromantic. And this is a serial killer movie that a lot of people haven't seen, unless you're a wee bit creepy and pervy and disgusting like myself so yeah i'm going to be doing a solo review of that and then as we continue through the rest of the year we'll be getting the guests back on to do some more chronicle action and that's your whole week lined out for you ladies and gents so what is left for me to say oh that's right welcome to the summer series welcome to the podcast under the stairs but most importantly welcome to 1975 you see that crap all that horror crap things coming out of crates and eating people 
dead people coming back to life, people turning into weeds, for Christ's sake. Well, yes, I did, but I... Well, you want him reading that stuff? Well, no, but... All right, then. I took care of it. That's why God made fathers, babe. That's why God made fathers. But I have proof, and... Tonight, I'm going to show you something. You are mine! You are mine! <laughs> Every humiliation which stood in his way could be swept aside by this simple act of annihilation. Murder. Lick my plate, you dog bitch! Murder. Lick my plate, you dog bitch! I believe in the life eternal! As promised to us by our Lord Jesus Christ! It is time to keep your appointment with the Wicker Man. Boy! 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 What do you want? This simple act of annihilation. Murder. Wolfman's got an Most of all, fuck you! Fuck you, asshole. That's fucking crazy, man. Dad, hey, Dad, where the hell is Arts Pro? Goddamn motherfucker got blood all over my best clown suit. <laughs> You stupid bitch, you fucking slut! Did you fuck with me? Most of all, fuck you! Because I cut up his legs. And his arm. And his head. And I'm gonna do the same to you. Welcome back, ladies and gents. So we are continuing this week of five episodes, starting right on the first episode on the Monday. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Hopefully you have recouped from that fours episodes that dropped last week, but we have a whole other week to go. This is the back five kicking off right here with 1975. Now, the person that's joining me on this one is one of my secret four. Now, I know what you're thinking. Duncan, we've already heard these guys on the Zero episodes. So, we know the ordering. No, you don't. Because if you cast your mind back a few weeks ago, I told you I swapped them around again. Just to confuse things even further. So, let me introduce you to the host that is joining me for 1975. Who's bringing his game face on and preparing for battle is of course my good buddy Boz. How's it going Boz? Good evening sir. Yes you've picked the most woefully underqualified person possible to talk about this particular year. Well, <laughs> thanks for having me. 
Now, now, you say woefully underqualified. Is it woefully underqualified because this is not a particular favourite year of yours or because you are, by your very nature, inclined to avoid movies from this time period? Uh, the latter, yes. I mean, <laughs> anybody who's listened to me knows I don't watch old movies. I especially don't tend to watch old movies that I didn't see at the time or while I was becoming a horror fan. Um, that had an impact on me. Yeah. Going back is always very difficult for me. So I've, I've changed gears a little bit and I've tried to be very, um, how'd you say it? Forgiving of certain things. You've, and You've been yeah. very bold with your selection which we're going to get to in a second. I almost fell off my chair when you sent this through and part of me thought, this is a piss take. This is boss playing with me right now. He's, he's having his fun. He's having his laughs. <laughs> Uh, and I, I will await his actual selection. You were like, no, that's what I'm going with. And I was like, dear God almighty. Yep. This is like Invasion of the Body <laughs> Snatchers. He's been replaced. It's been replaced by a poor person, <laughs> clearly. Um, so, yeah, so... I, I'm, I'm curious about this one. Let me, let, me, let me set this up for the listeners here. So we're going head-to-head with two movies on this episode. Um, at the end of this episode, we will have one movie which will take its place as the third pick for 1975. So I know what the listeners out there are thinking. 75, was it a good year? Was it a bad year? Anything happened that year? And I'll be honest with you, like from the original recordings way back in the day for this one, um, on the original run for summer series where we did 70, it was me against one person. So I'm, it, it, we're back to just me against one person to pick the movies that we genuinely think are, you know, the creme a la creme. 75 is a surprisingly awkward year overall um, in that it has it has a lot of quality in there, but it also has a lot of stuff that ain't so good. Um, and we, we, we kind of we have to, to be honest about that. The top two for this year that were selected are, like, hands down unabashed, like jaw-droppingly good movies uh, which were Jaws um, which <laughs> is almost unfair to put anything else against Jaws. Kind of, Un- unassailable. Yeah, it's like, see if Jaws hadn't went through de- like we wouldn't even be having this conversation just now out with us saying, so Jaws is going through, right? Yeah? Right. That was yeah. great. Thanks yeah. very much. Um, <laughs> the, the other movie we picked was Deep Red, which once again to me is kind of unassailable. It's like, yep. uh, you know, it's Argento kind of transitioning from Jallos, which weren't really horror movies, to an out-and-out horror movie before he then takes up a run of fucking great horror movies. So those two were locked in, but we could have went anywhere, right, with the with, with the rest of the movies, like absolutely anywhere. And I'll I'll tell you where we ended up. And interestingly enough, my pick here didn't even actually appear on the original episode per se. Now I'm going to say that, that per se is going to be held back. Because I've done a lot of reevaluating recently, specifically of that director, because he's got a new movie coming out and it's making me kind of giddy to go and see it. But the two movies we're going to discuss going head to head to face off for that ultimate third spot is your pick of the genre land movie Lips of Blood, which once again, like literally was like, 
who is this person that has Bozzy's phone and does he know that he this person has typed this in? Um, and my pick of David Cronenberg's debut feature film, Shivers. Right, so that's, that's what's going against each other. And Shivers was not on the original list and I actually think Shivers wasn't in the original list because originally when I looked at IMDb for this one, there wasn't a screening for Canada listed in 1975 now boz you know i i like my rules you may have heard of this before Uh, just just a couple of times yeah you also you and other duncan yeah you and other duncan and on this series particularly third duncan which will be making an appearance sometime this season which i mean why three times the asshole yeah three three times the asshole zero times the charm um, that's 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 what you get when you get a, a trio of Duncans together. But I, I like I add all manner of different, all manner of different stipulations as to try and set things up. And originally, the UK release, and was I think what I went for for Shivers. So it fell in 1976 for me. But I actually did play in the UK, believe it or not, in 1975 at the Edinburgh International Film Festival. But also, more importantly, because of the rules of the show, in Canada in October the 10th, 1975. So Shivers has been moved forward, um, pushing out a ton of Jallo movies, which will upset a lot of Jallo fans. And another <laughs> Fufara that was in the background. So what we're doing is we're facing an auteur of some note in Jean Roland. He had a particular niche that people loved <laughs> against another author who has let's be honest a particular niche in david cronenberg lips of blood versus shivers we're going to start with your pick first um, lips of blood directed by jean roland written by jean luc felipe and jean roland the synopsis for this one is frederick sees a photograph of a ruined seaside castle which triggers a strange childhood memory then goes on a strange quest, that's strange twice, strange quest to find a castle and a beautiful woman who lives there. Uh, this movie stars a lot of French people. Um, I'm not doing it. <laughs> I'm not doing it. I know you want me to do it. I'll give you two. Jean, Just one. Jean-Lupi Philippi, uh, Annie Bell, and let's pick a really hard one that I will struggle with. Helena Maginanas which is clearly yeah, not, perfect. not right. <laughs> uh, some of the trivia for this one, ain't a lot of trivia, but the ones that I picked are straight from IMDb, so I'm going to assume they're awesome. Uh, the opening <laughs> party sequence was shot in an apartment of one of the producers. Saving money. Uh, Jean Roland based the main male character, Frédéric, on himself. The film was shot over three weeks. All the scenes shot in one particular cemetery were filmed without permits. Rebel, rebel. It was made under mm. the original title of Jennifer and the actress Annie Bell had just starred in her first role in the 1974 Jean Roland film Tout le monde il un deux um, which they oh. have not given me the English translation so I'm just going to say There's that. a one and a two in there There's definitely yeah. a one and a two in there That's what I thought uh, in which she had a small role but a memorable one Roland loved working with her so much he decided to cast her in this film. Now, I like this film. I like this film quite a bit, right? So part of me felt like I was being played here. And you were like, like I will lure him into a false sense of security before I drop the bomb. This, I'll be honest with you, like, if you gave me a laundry list of movies and Lips of Blood was there and I was asked to select 
If you gave me 20 movies, right, and Lips of Blood was <laughs> on that list, and I was told to select 19 movies, I would probably select 19 movies before I selected Lips of Blood for you. So I am so curious <laughs> as to why you picked this. The floor is yours. Well, there's, there's two main reasons. Uh, one is uh, long-standing corruption that's happened over many, many years now. Mm. And it's simply this. I listen to cinema psyops far too much. Um, <laughs> Damn you, <laughs> <so>. court psyops. <laughs> this is well, well in their wheelhouse. The other thing is I'm going to France in a week, so I thought it'd be good practice. No, um, <laughs> no, seriously, the other reason is I, I wasn't familiar with, like like I said, this era I've not seen a lot of films. I, have you seen much uh, Roland stuff before? I hadn't until this year. Ah, oh, right, awesome. Um, and basically, it's because I got the Arrow player sorted yeah. on my system. Um, mm -hmm. They had a little grouping of his films, and uh, I look. I won't say I finished all of them, but I, I watched a couple because I had no idea who he was. And he's sort of in the it's the Jess, Jess Franco sort of wheelhouse, isn't he's it? The, and he's the art house Jess Franco. So yes, yeah, yeah, a little bit more sophisticated Linus. Yeah, um, and. Uh, I, I like some of the visual styles of it. Again, it's because it's old. I, I struggle. It, it struggles to hold my attention, and there's not enough gore and explosions. But it does have the other thing. And if anyone listened to the little pod of horrors, I think in in the modern age we probably get a bit of stick for it. But we did have the boobometer or the boobometer, <laughs> which it was not a lascivious thing, right? It was a glorious celebration of the boobs in horror meme, right? Yes. So yes. it had. It had to be one of those moments where you just go, yay, boobs, and there's mm -hmm. nothing else going on. It's yes. just, uh, as Court would say, thank you, movie. So it, the boobometer <laughs> was for thank you, movie moments, right? And uh, yeah, that held my attention. <laughs> so, yeah, Jean um, Roland was a big fan of the female form. Yeah. And, um, you know, a lot of the time, not too disrespectful of it, actually. No, uh, no, he no, he knew how to shoot done. it. Yeah. Yeah, well, apart from where you go with this film, but we'll get to that. But We're going to get the, to um, yeah. <laughs> uh, But, you know, backlighting, flowing dresses, you know, just, yeah, it, it's it's art. It is. I can't deny that. And I know I'm not the arty guy, and I am normally the, hold on, this is a bit arty. I better ask Duncan what he thinks so he can explain <laughs> it to me. Um, but this one was quite easy for me to understand. So... <laughs> I love that idea. You like, like you go to see a movie and you come out and someone asks you what you think. You're like, can I phone a friend? Give me a second. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right, let me just, yeah. Like, you know. <laughs> I just need to explain to me. I'll come back to you in 20 minutes. Yeah. Um, so I like the guy's journey. Um, yeah. Interesting. He said he based the character on himself because apparently it was actually his little boy who played young him. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So that, um, and there's just this, this sort of dreamy, um, yeah, you do get sort of carried away and, and with him, and his mum's a bit of a knob at first, and you think, oh, she's a bit of... I thought she was sort of in the way of the movie at one point, and then at the end, it sort of wins it back when you realise she's quite instrumental, you know, in what goes on. Mm. Um, and I enjoyed it. I mean, that that's what it comes down to. And looking at the list of all of the films from 1975, I'm like... Well, you've picked all the ones I'd have picked, and I did the same with Shiver. I saw 1976. I didn't consider it. Yeah, yeah, that's. Uh, um, I think that's. Uh, but the, I think that's because, like, uh, as someone once explained to me, when I did the 75 run of movies, that's what well, that's five years ago now. 
IMDb is constantly being updated with people finding information about movies and going back and changing it. So that movie was uh, never, never in there. Like when I looked at release dates, the only release date I could find was the release date for the UK on that listing from five years ago. And it had it listed mm. in 1976. So it was never considered as a 75 movie, even though... Yeah. Even playing it in the UK, like the 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 rule of Tumor series is it's the year of it's the year that it plays in a cinema in the country of its origin, which meant seventy five because it played in Canada in seventy five. So that that's why mm. it's here. And like, had that not been here, I would have struggled to pick a movie to go against your one because there are a lot that I think are about the same level in this mm. year, and it's all. It's all jallos. It's all like nasty, and nasty, I'm, nasty jallos. So, and, and I'm so fussy with my jallos. The ones I've seen, there's a lot I haven't seen. I won't lie about that because of the period. But like when I say I don't do old movies, yep. that there is the ones I love are those like yeah. Deep Red, Suspiria, stuff like that. Okay, Argento was a cut above. Yeah. Um, but when I saw they were picked, I was like, yeah, yeah, that's okay. <laughs> I yeah. remember that. <laughs> <It's>... <laughs> and Jaws. <laughs> Yeah, Jaws is like, I think we even said during the recording, like, this is just a long conversation to get to the thing we already know. You know it like, renders this ultimately pointless. Yeah, like, you know, like, like, do we even need to discuss anything else? Just then, like, yeah, we have to pick a second movie. All right, I can play that game then. Um, I, <laughs> let, let, let me, like, double in on some of the stuff you mentioned. Like, I am a big fan of Jean Roland, which should surprise absolutely no one. Um... He has his faults, and he has some absolutely nigh-on unwatchable movies <laughs> to his uh, to his credit. And sadly, he went the way of like a Jess Franco towards the end. But even when mm. the movies were cheaply, you know, cheaply financed, and the stories fairly, you know, derogatory, or you know, even on something like on some levels, just very, very, very paper thin. Where he kind of leveled up over Franco. Like, Franco, you were always guaranteed a bit of sleaze. Roland, you were always guaranteed a bit of artful sleaze. And there's always a shot in one of these movies where I'm like, fucks, that's like... that. The cinematography is absolutely amazing. Like, regardless of what Mm. else is happening on, it could be like a guy fucking a dog and I don't care. But, like, the cinematography (laughs) is just, like, incredible. And all these movies have that kind of Vaseline screen woozy kind of yeah, you know, they very soft focus, very mm. almost tactile, dreamlike, and I love that about it. This movie in itself, I think, is uh, not not one of his better ones, one of his more interesting ones. I think the the central performances of the the women themselves perfectly cast and they're really really good um the 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 writer of this who stars as the main character of uh, frederick um i think he's really really good as well in this Mm. and then cinematography and the score really like captivating and engaging Uh, my biggest gripes against lips of blood is i i feel it meanders a bit much but that's part of jolan but part of jean roland's charm and his movies is he never rushes anything, nor does he feel mm. the need to rush anything. So, if you're oh, go- I counter that. Yeah, all right. <laughs> just, like- just in one spot. Right, go for it. You're like, counter it now. There's this bit like there's this guy like that. One of the girls comes in and she bites his throat, and like she just 
It's like she nips him and runs away and he dies. Yeah. <laughs> it's the quickest vampire bite you've ever seen. That's that, that. T- that is budget right there. That's like, we could have a really bloody scene or we could just be like, hee hee hee, and she runs away. And that's that's what they've went for. Um, I'd like, so like, I, that, like, there's where, that my gripe comes in on this one and that it's not the most original story and it kind of meanders a little bit. But out with that, it's really well directed. It's you know the cinematography is lush. The acting's pretty good. It's not like amazing by any stretch of the imagination. But once again, it's a guy that didn't have a lot of money. The budget for Lips of Blood is relatively tight by even this time period. Um, but well, they had, they had a producer pull out right at the last minute. Yeah, and they had to cut two of their big set piece scenes it's not so he did well to pull out of the bag it's not uncommon mm. for, for him we uh, on Doing the Nasty recently did a movie called I think it's Zombie Lake um, which was originally a Jess Franco movie and Jess Franco this will give you a laugh uh, especially if you know a bit about Franco Franco left because there wasn't enough money to make the movie and Franco mm. is legitimately known for making movies for fuck all like he, he did not care and Jean Roland actually he's the guy who ended up directing the movie and it's awful oh. it's a terrible terrible movie it's about Nazi it's about like it's set in France and uh, there's a series of Nazis that have been massacred and their bodies flung in a lake and they reanimate and come out the lake and terrorise a town uh, which on paper sounds like it should be fucking amazing but it's really Dead Snow Lake it's really yeah, well, it's, it's really boring and nothing really happens in it. But I'll tell you this: it is beautifully shot. I mean, it's shot in a way where you would think money had been spent on it, but nothing happens mm. in the movie. And that's Jean Roland. That's what he does. That's the guy is <laughs> that the, the, he's the master of uh, making chicken salad out of chicken shit. Um, yeah. <laughs> and this is a great like example of this. You take away a lot of the art cinematography, a lot of the. The, the really kind of tactile nature and the the dreamlike wooziness of the camera work and you have a very nuts and bolts vampire movie that you've seen done god knows how many times even by 1975 you've seen it done a lot mm. and he adds that extra that extra layer so i myself i'm overjoyed you picked this movie because once again it allows me to talk about genre a I'm director so who i love so <laughs> uh, and i'm also super excited that you are finding an inroad to this guy because he's I feel we see a lot of time being spent on a lot of other directors from Europe at the moment with you know collectors editions of certain things coming out and whatnot. I never see enough time from these boutique labels spending uh, on John Roland's work he's got an extensive catalogue of really really interesting stuff and people know maybe a top four or five that are the ones that everyone knows, but he, like some deep cuts in there are really, 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 really worth your time. So, um... I mean, credit to Arrow because their, their marketing strategy really works. Because of course they have me capt- captive for five days at Fright Fest, mm-hmm. and then they run their ads for stuff there. And then I think that old, but that's a really nice shot. I, what film is that from? And then I get interested, and then yeah, so <laughs> and then they do a collection like this, and it makes it makes me look. Um, so. It sort of worked in this case. Uh, interestingly, he was then asked after this film to do a hardcore version and he added two sex scenes in there and some of the girls actually went on to be porn stars afterwards. Which is um, also uh, which... a thing that follows Jean Roland. And interestingly enough, Jess Franco, who just literally just gave up making horror movies to go and make up straight up softcore porn. So 
I mean, if you're good at something. So, I mean, my last note about this movie was that the... Uh, we talked about the cinematography. The lighting's fantastic in some of those scenes. And um, the DP served this movie, and I didn't mean the double penetration. Yeah. <laughs> right, let's talk about another movie from... Oh, we're, we've been talking about video nasties and all the rest. Uh, this is one that was on the nasties list. My pick was Shivers um, by David Cronenberg, who also wrote this movie. It's credited as his feature debut. He made a couple of short movies before this one, but this is the one he took all the money from Canada's government as like a fund and then made a movie and then put out and Canada's government was fucking outraged until it made its money back and then some and then all of a sudden they were behind them it's funny how that happens eh <laughs> as, soon as, it, as soon as they got a check for their money back with interest they were fine fine with everything <laughs> um, this one has a synopsis of the residents of a suburban high rise apartment building are being affected by a strain of parasites that turn them into mindless sex craze fiends out to infect others by the slightest sexual contact. And this movie stars Paul Hampton, Joel Silver, Lynn Lowry, Alan Coleman, Susan Petrie, Barbara Steele, oh, hello, uh, Ronald um, <laughs> something, uh, Barry Baldano. McDonald? Yeah, Ro Ronald McDonald <laughs> as the character of Merrick, the clown who serves you hamburgers um and some other <laughs> folks are in here uh, some of the synopsis uh some of, some of the trivia that did make me smile this one is particularly for me and you i chose this i had there been an american person here i would not have put this in here but the okay the, the bbc's film critic barry norman remember barry norman <laughs> oh i bet you love this <laughs> yeah barry mm. norman always cited this as the worst film he ever saw <laughs> Which makes me think Barry Norman skipped out in a lot of movies from 75. Ooh. Jesus Christ. Um, the film was shot in the summer of 1974. The news broadcast mentions a real-life labour dispute involving construction of Montreal's Olympic Stadium for the 1976 Olympic Games. The film yeah. was shot on Nuns Island in Montreal. Don't, that just tickled me. Because uh, then I think Nuns on the Run our sister act and then I think of Robbie Coltrane <coughs> in sister act saying I will follow him you're a wizard Harry um, right so with, a, with a schedule of 15 days I don't know what's happening here. the Barbara Steele hot tub scene and you know what I'm on about um, features a leg double which that blew my tiny little mind earlier on okay. and the shots of the slug in the tub near her um, and yeah the last thing I, I will say is that and this is probably to help people that may be like I'm not sure about the title of this the movie is also known as The Parasite Murders and most notably They Come From Within which I believe is the American title for this one Shivers was the both UK. better yeah, both better titles 100% 100% but without Shivers you don't get the movie Slither um, which is fucking mm. amazing we all love yeah. Slither um, and which yeah. is clearly influenced by shivers and the name is as well so that there's that as well um right let me just let me put my cards on the table here i don't want to pressurize you and i'm looking forward to your rebuttal uh, this is the better movie right and the reason it's the better movie one uh, is is raw cronenberg which sounds like a bad move from the kama sutra uh you know <laughs> position number 43 the raw cronenberg 
It's a real... Yeah, all you have to do is turn your stomach inside yeah. out. <laughs> you, you fuck your own stomach with a VHS. <laughs> um, difficult to pull off, but if you get it just right, by God, you'll be seeing stars for a week. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, like, like to me, this it's, it's him with these huge ideas, but no ability at this stage to rein them in. So the closest he gets to reining them in here is almost the is the idea of the apartment complex. It's single set location, so it kind of makes sense. Uh, you have it there, and then for the most part, it's contained. But the idea of um, kind of sexually transmitted diseases and seventy five as a concept, alongside the idea of kind of parasitic aliens and all that stuff floating around as these kind of high-level concepts being handled by Cronenberg is infinitely fascinating. I mean, the movie follows us up with his rabid, and then the brood, he's a really good filmmaker, by the way. Uh, like, like, after the brood, he makes that race car movie, which we're not going to talk about, and then follows <laughs> up with... It's, I think it's Scanners he does right after that. Oh, which, oh. you know, which is fucking like he's just on that absolute <laughs> fucking tear of movies up until yeah, yeah. Uh, up until the mid nineties. The guy seldom puts a foot wrong, um, and it's this movie is icky, but right, not rabid icky, but it's kind of icky, and it's kind of is very weirdly self aware of a topic which I don't think people were talking about as much. That idea of kind of sexually transmitted diseases, but also the kind of mm. sci fi link into. It. The effects for 75 on the budget he had, surprisingly yeah. good. Like, really, really, really good to the point that even nowadays watching it, I still get the, ugh, I see certain things. I don't know if I like this. Um, I think it's casted well. Uh, it's great, always great to see Barbara stealing anything, but, uh, you know, it's, it's casted well. Score is lush. It's, you know, it's really, really good, and it starts that kind of, the... Um, the kind of symbiosis he has with these composers moving forward, I think that's handled really, really well. And even the cinematography, it's a cold movie. This is a very, very, very cold movie. Mm. If your nipples get hard while watching it, it's not because you are being teased by a movie, it's because the room gets really fucking cold while you're watching it. There's just no joy or emotion. It's a very clinical look uh, at a subject and almost a kind of there's a kind of almost a documentary feel about the the, the kind of cinematography of it as well like Cronenberg yeah, it's very flat. yeah like Cronenberg himself is there to observe what is happening with the audience um I think there are so many things here that are essentially the building box or the Rosetta Stone to what the guy would go on and do but I should also think that it's a hugely important movie. Up until 75, the actual ideas of, of body horror as a concept are more on the gore side than they are about anything else. It's more the kind of Herschel Gordon Lewis approach to just like mm. like buckets of awful being passed off as human entrails and, and nothing yeah. really on a cerebral level. And Cronenberg, he's not the first one to do it, but he's the kind of first one that kind of deliver something where you look at it and go right are we starting to see the birth of a new genre here and then little would you know you would not only birth said genre but then essentially define it in such a way that everything for the end of time will like when we talk about body horror it gets compared to Cronenberg it has to and there's plenty of yeah. other people that went off and done their own things so like to me there is so much 
about Shivers. It's not a perfect movie. I don't even think it's in my top five Cronenberg movies. I might, it might just make my top ten. But that being said, for 75, where we're already seeing the direction of cinema vastly, vastly change in, in a manner of... Jaws has come out, so we now have the idea or concept of a summer blockbuster. Giallo's finally made its way to horror. And Texas Chainsaw Massacre only came out the year before, and everything kind of feels unsafe. But in a violent <laughs> way, Cronenberg takes it in a surprisingly less than violent way and actually makes the body itself as opposed to someone wielding a weapon, the actual degradation of the flesh becomes the horror. And I think that as a concept had just never really been tackled in any way like this. And as a result to me, I, I, I kind of... I don't want to say this is a no-brainer here, Boz, because I love you to bits, but it kind of <laughs> feels like a no-brainer. So I'm going to hand the floor to you. Um, now that I have brought this in from the cold and given it 75 status, um, I can't imagine this was the first time you saw this so how'd you get on with your revisit of shivers <laughs> you say that really this can't have been a first time honestly i was fucking convinced i had seen this movie so much so i was given a limited edition blu-ray at a fright fest as one of the prize giveaway things and i just went oh yeah i don't fancy rewatching that yet no I, I it's been shelved since then oh my I never God. took it out <laughs> and when i put it on i'm like yeah so Oh, this isn't the movie I thought it was. <laughs> so yeah, first time watch. Oh wow! Completely surprised me. Yeah. <laughs> so what the, do you know what you've you've maybe muddled? Have you muddled up with Rabbit or? Uh, maybe. I honestly, the thing is though, anything like this that I have seen was so many years ago. Yeah. And yeah, granted, yeah. Um, my adult brain and my memory are just so bad now. <laughs> I just, yeah, yeah. It's only when something's on and I I sort of recognise framing and lighting. I'm like. Oh, I've seen this. <laughs> like, I don't, I won't remember the plot, but I go, there was a really slick camera move. There it is. Yeah. Um, so, so it was a bit of um, a shocking delight. Um, again, I had to take my don't hold it to today's standards. Don't yeah. hold it to today's standards yeah. out of my head. Um, but you know what? When when you look at effects like that, like the, the undulating under the stomach and then it's blended in and stuff like that, and you think... It always impresses me more, like the thing when you have to do that practically. Anyone can slap a computer graphic on now. Yep. That is not impressive. And I'm still impressed by that old school. I love practical effects. So um, with that said, I really don't like body horror very much. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not one of my favorite subgenres at all. Um, like even even society, I had the opportunity. He did society, didn't he? Or am I getting No, that's Brian Yuzna, but... Like, there, it there, makes there, me think not, of without, it, though. Yeah, but the, without Cronenberg, there is no Brian Yuzna. Like, without Cronenberg, yeah. like, I, th I, th I think people don't understand this, without Cronenberg, there is no... There is no Stuart Gordon. Mm. Like, he owns... It's probably not the subgenre either. So. Yeah, like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't think Reanimator is nearly as gnarly as it turns out to be without Cronenberg having made movies already like uh like a scanners or mm. i'll get my time period right inner rimmed the like the fly for sure the fly i think and reanimator come out the same year reanimators maybe the right. year before now i think about it a bit longer but um you know like without cronenberg really setting i know the thing i would even go as so far as to say Without Cronenberg, I don't think the thing has the practical effects it has. I, I think like he just mm. really leaned into a 
like you mentioned about the undulating and all the rest, he just seemed to push things kind of early on in a direction where, like, post that movie, like, things get gnarly. Like, like you, <laughs> yeah. like I said before, like, like the, the way practical effects were done before that is either the Gordon Lewis approach, which is a bucket full of clearly chicken livers, or, mm. like, even when you're looking at, like, a Texas Chainsaw Massacre, there's no blood in Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but people are convinced <laughs> they're seeing severed limbs and all the rest. So, like, Cronenberg's mm. the one to me where he actually starts, like, like, really he's starting to play with, like, texture and content. And it's not him that's doing it, it's obviously special effects people, but, like, after that, you just start seeing a sea of movies where we're like, oh, we can do this. And it, and it, it, just, really it clearly made me... It makes me lump all body horror into one little category but over that's, here. That's uh, yeah. <laughs> but, the, but so but does what, everyone what else. What made me think? You know what I mean? So yeah. But what made me think of society is because the the idea of society is is this movie. This this underpins it because yeah. it's the whole. Uh, what is what's the line? One beautiful mindless orgy of mankind. You know, like yes. yeah. That that's <laughs> that's where it's pushing it. Um, the 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 opening scene i'm like is this a boat or a, or a building that that was a bit weird but the um the, the scene with the beating the shit out of what i thought was a schoolgirl, and then i'm like okay i'm 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 pretty uncomfortable right now and that didn't go away for a long time until somebody later on mentions that she was 19 mm -hmm. but still far too many creepy old dudes in like yeah it yeah. So, some of that has aged very badly for yes. a first time watch it was just like Oh, and there's incest. Bingo! You've hit the you've hit every uncomfortable mark on there. But mm. I get that's what it's about. It's about pushing uh, what you're comfortable with, and it is about sexuality a lot. And of course, I realised in that that he's trying to provoke. Um, obviously, the two gay guys going down the corridor that was supposed to gross people out as well because those times back there. And of course, you watch that now and you're like, well, yeah. <laughs> so, it, yep. yeah. Yeah. A lot of that was weirdly uncomfortable, but when I sort of saw what he was doing with the parasite, I, I, that took a while to play out for me. Um, I think what I found weird was that when they attack people, is that are you killing them? Are you biting them? Are you <laughs> infecting them? Are you kissing them? Are you raping them? What are you doing? And that is very, it's not very consistent. Um, so it's like, someone's trying to kiss you. Are you scared? Mm -hmm. Or are they trying to kill you? Are you scared? Mm -hmm. I'm like, and then what's the guy eating a pancake? What is is the pancake scary? And then the little girls eating the pancake, and then I, I, that lost me a little bit there. Um, Did you want a pancake though after seeing that scene? Well, yeah, and cherry sauce because that's clearly what the guy was eating. <laughs> you know, you know the stuff that comes in a can. Like, oh, yeah, they went straight to the kitchen after that. Um, so yeah, I love our chilled out doctor who's clearly stoned at all points because nothing phases him whatsoever. You know, mm. the girl's had her intestines burned out with acid. He's like, oh yeah, I took some tape off her mouth. Um, so yeah, I I dug it. I did. Um, but like I say, it's not my particular type of movie. That said, when you compare it to Lips of Blood, there is no contest. Yeah. Um, and if I had noticed, because Duncan's very nice, ladies and gentlemen. He gives us first pick, then tells us what his pick is or would you have said no tough shit i've already picked that one um no like to be honest i think the thing is had you picked shivers i would have i would have said 
I picked shivers as well. We will just come on this episode and because that's happened on, the, oh, on other see. recordings. Right, okay. Yeah, it's yeah. I, there's only uh, my pick. Only it's why I let other people go first, so I can see if there's any right. conflict with my pick. And if there isn't, then this would have just been a loving for like 20 minutes of us saying this is why this movie's been picked, and it will appear throughout <laughs> the season if it hasn't already by this recording. I think there's a couple instances this season of. You know, as like as a collective group of either just one of the secret four with me or a whole group of hosts sitting down going that. So there was only one movie and we all agreed on it and this is it. And, you know, it's been delivered. So so mm. are, are we saying then, with a degree of confidence and a, a spring in our step here, that given the choice between these two movies, we are both saying that we wish to see Shivers take its place as third selection? It's an absolute no-brainer. I love you, Boz. I love you so much. So, ladies and gents, uh, there you have it. This is, I mean, if only all recordings could be this great. Now, we are going to reference on this particular recording here that Boz has already been heard on the 1980 episode. Now, I don't know, because we've not recorded at this time, so it's worth putting that out there in the ether. We've not actually <laughs> recorded that episode yet. So, so I, we're still friends now. <laughs> we are. Things might be nasty on that episode, and if that is the case, you may be wondering contextually how, how we're friends right now. Have they made up? Or, all I'm going to say is, I don't know where the chips are going to fall on that one, but hopefully you checked out. If you're one of the newer listeners that stumbled in, please go back and check that one. Anyway, uh, on that episode, we discussed Cannibal Holocaust versus Altered States. Now, Boz, we are going to bask in the glory of our awesomeness, selecting Shivers as a third pick for 1975. Um, you are not necessarily podcasting at the moment, but you are involved with organisations that I do allow you um, room to pimp because they are, to be honest, they are like genuinely worthwhile causes, not only because they help people, but the, the communities behind them, I think, are hugely important. So uh, the floor is yours, sir, at this stage to pimp said communities out there to the peaks. Okay. Uh, I'll I'll leave the yoga thing alone because I've banged on about that for years. Everyone knows it's there. Uh, uh, but the, the thing I'm most involved with at the moment is Silver Sabers, which is um, a LED, LED lightsaber type combat academy um, where we train people to be amazing sword artists. And I am now officially an instructor. I run my own classes um, and we do Comic-Con. We've got Star Wars Celebration next year, mm-hmm. um, which will be wicked. Um, so if you're interested in any of that, we do online classes and stuff. Um, check out silver-sabers.com. Um, that, that's, yeah, but podcast-wise, everything stopped. <laughs> so, and to be honest, uh, teaching and training, I think it's five days a week now. I really don't have time. So <laughs> this is lovely that you still let me come in and just pollute your airspace. So thank you. Dude, I wouldn't have it any other way. You know that. I, I wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> Um, I like the fact that I don't have to share you with other people now, so that's, that makes me happy. Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> right, ladies and gents, I'm going to take a very short break just now. When I come back, we'll be recapping where we are in the series thus far. I'll be doing it right after this. You're listening to the podcast Under the Stairs. been 
listening to the podcast Under the Stairs. This has been episode 380. And there you go, ladies and gents. We have Cronenberg on the big list. Cronenberg Shivers will be joining Jaws and Deep Red. What a fucking lineup of movies that is, by the way. Making its way to represent this year of 1975 at Thunderdome next year. Now, as always, I did post on the old Facebook group page, facebook.com forward slash groups, forward slash cast, the two selections and said, listeners out there, what one would you have picked? Once again, you've lined up with the hosts, or should I say with me, um, with 82% of you guys picking shivers, 18% picking lips of blood. Speaking of lips of blood, that's Jean Roland. And over the weekend, I got a chance to speak to uh, Kat Ellinger and Dima Bolan. Uh, who did a brand new documentary which is about to make the Arrow player probably before the end of the year just played Fright Fest called The Orchestrator of Storms The Fantastic World of Jean Roland Um, It's a great interview so please check out that episode and listen to what those two fucking talented individuals had to say about that documentary one that got the Duncan thumbs up and seal of approval for sure so go and do that there's a multitude of ways to check out the podcast under the stairs. Wherever you're listening to us right now, hit subscribe. That way you get the shows as and when they drop and access to the entire back catalogue of Teapots content. We have a sister feed called the Teapots Collective that has four shows. One is called Where to Begin With, one is called Opera Omnia, one is called Doing the Nasty and one is called Chronicle. Subscribing to that feed gets you all of those episodes when they drop because they're all in that single feed plus the entire archives of all those. So subscribing to both feeds is the best way to ensure that you never miss anything that I do. You can, of course, if you hate searching for things, just go to the website. Links to all my shows are there. The website is tputzcast.com. You can get every single show and every single episode I've ever done there, as well as a link to a special show that we don't advertise out in the main waves called Jaws's Shite and Other Regrettable Outbursts. It's a booze-based banter entertainment podcast with four Scottish guys getting drunk and talking about terrible life choices. You can hear myself, The Baz, and Scott and Liam from Scott and Liam vs. Evil. Um, every quarter, we have a new episode coming up very soon, like the next couple of weeks, we'll be back doing more drunken bants for your entertainment and giving you stories that you will obviously hold over us for the rest of the time. Jaws is shite and other regrettable adverse exclusively available on teapotscast.com. If you're on Facebook and you want to interact with me there, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash teapotscast gets you the podcast under the stairs. Like I mentioned before, you can interact with the polls that we put over there. You can post about horror films that you're looking forward to, horror movies you're watching, general conversation points or just shoot the shit. If you want to follow a page to let you know when episodes are dropping then that's the Teapots Collective Facebook page I post everything I do on that that's facebook.com forward slash teapotscast and then lastly if you like weird news stories and just generally things that make you go huh this world's a bit wrong then you need to join the Jaws of Shite Facebook group page that is facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash regrettable pod the podcast Under the Stairs can also be reached on the twin prongs of social media sexiness, Instagram and Twitter. Myself and Baz can be reached at Teapotscast for both. Our next episode dropping tomorrow will be another summer series episode. It will be 1985. I wonder who the host is and I wonder if we're talking about zombies. That's all I'm going to say about that. So until then, wherever you are, what the time zone is and whatever you're up to in this big bad world of ours, please take care of yourselves out there. This is Duncan McLeish broadcasting live from Under the Stairs and I am signing off.
Hiding. 